It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 8.07 on a Saturday morning, 63 degrees outside. This is Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter Reeves, the Georgia Gardener. I'm here to help you be more successful in your landscape, in your garden. Anything you want to do that has to do with plants, I can give you a little research-based and experience-tempered advice on what's the easiest way to do it, the way to do it and keep your family and everybody else happy and together. 404-872-0750 is the number on Lawn and Garden. Call those numbers and you'll be answers by Rachel Perry. She'll get your name and your, your town where you're living and help you to compose your question, and then you'll be on the air with me. At 807, we got Mike and McDonough with us. Hey, Mike, good morning. Good morning, sir. I uh, was wondering if I could use pre-emergent on edible plants like strawberries or vegetable gardens that I want in planting seeds. Seems like it'd save a lot of time weeding if it was safe. No, you can't. Um, <laughs> The only thing close to that, Preen, P-R-E-E-N, Eusta, and I'm saying Eusta, have a uh, product that could be used on vegetables and fruits, strawberries, tomatoes, and things like that. But if I'm not mistaken, it has been mixed with the Treflan that was able to be used on vegetables has now been mixed with something else that makes it not able to be used, not labeled for use on vegetables. So... You can use pre-emergence around the garden. The chemical does not spread, does not move any, in the soil, but you can't use it on the strawberry, on the tomato bed, on whatever you got in the garden. No, I don't believe there's any pre-emergence that is effective at, at uh, preventing weeds that does, does a good job at all. Again, Preen used to have a label of a vegetable pre-emergence, but I don't think they have it still. The one that they sell now, I don't have a lot of confidence in in Georgia, but it does great in North uh, North America, but it doesn't do very good in the Southeast. Well, I should have figured that anything that would save work yeah. would, not be, uh, would not be possible. Well, what you need, right. Mike, is a couple of 10-year-old boys, 10- and 8-year-old boys, which would be me and my brother, and a hoe, and you go out and say, your dad says, go out and hoe all those weeds out of the strawberries, hoe all those weeds out of the corn Corn rows there, and that's the pre-emergence that we used on the farm. But uh, these days, they're sort of hard to find those 12 and 10-year-old boys that want to do any work like that. I was afraid that was going to be your answer. Well, <laughs> thank you anyhow. All right, Mike. Thanks for calling. we got Lynn and Flowery Branch with us. Hey, Lynn. Good morning. Hi, Walter. Hi. Um, I have an unhappy Daphne, oh. and I was hoping you could give me some suggestion um, where I, I might be able to save it. What's the symptom? What's it doing? Uh, it's, it has yellowing leaves that eventually turn brown and drop. Do they wilt or look sort of water-starved at the beginning? Uh, I would look? not say they look wilted, no. They look pretty normal, other than the discoloration on the leaves and the mm. fact that they're dropping off. And we actually, we've got two, we had three, and we lost the third one about two years ago. So mm. I'm really concerned about these. Uh, what environment do they have? They sun, shade, or uh, It's um, part shade. Okay, that's right. That's good. Uh, it, it's un- yes, and before we planted them, we talked to a knowledgeable gardener, mm-hmm. and they recommended using a lot of pine bark in the hole good. and plant the plants very high, which we did. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they've been there, I think, at least six years, maybe longer. 
but all of a sudden we're we're having some issues. And I, from what I hear, that's typical of Daphne. Yeah, you're fine, mm-hmm. and then you're not. Plant three have two. Plant two have one. <laughs> is a is a rule for Daphne's. That said. That said, I walked down the street to my friend Tom's house the uh, day before yesterday to smell the Daphne's that were planted easily eight to ten years ago. Now I guess they're in full sun. They have no shade on them anymore. The dog oh, was wow. there on either side, died away. These Daphne's are full of flowers, and they look just as happy as the day they were planted. They're looking great. And how they grow there in full sun in sort of clay soil, I do not know. Some plants... Get lucky, I guess. I don't know what it is. The normal disease that kills Daphne's is called Phytophthora root rot. And Phytophthora root rot um, causes the leaves to wilt. You'll see this just very gradual wilting. All the leaves will droop down like, like wet toilet paper all over the branches. Okay. They'll turn <clears throat> yellow and then turn brown, and then they fall off. You've got nothing but bare branches left. That doesn't quite sound like what you have, but well, I don't have a good clue of what you do have. What is causing the yellowing that you've described? Uh, and could it be the early stages of this root rot? The plant that did die, it eventually dropped all its leaves, and it was just gone. I guess it could could be. The thing that predisposes a plant to root rots, and azaleas and rhododendrons get it as well as Daphne's, is soggy soil. So if there's any water that has changed course over the last two or three years and now is pouring water into the area where the Daphne's are growing, that would be needs to be uh, corrected. I don't but, think that's happened. I, mm. I do know we had a very wet year last year. Yeah, true. And <clears throat> so. uh, my experience is sort of like like chickens. You know, I grew up on a chicken farm, of course, and if you have one sick chicken, you'll have a whole bunch of sick chickens real quickly. And so my view on these daffodils, once they start turning yellow, once the leaves turn brown, once they fall off the plant, not a whole lot you can do to stop the course of the disease. There's no okay. spray or root drench or something like that for them. Okay. At this point, I think you basically just wait and see what happens, Lynn. I don't have a solution for you at all. Well, one thing I did read was to take cuttings <laughs> because you, you may be losing them. But um, would you be successful with cuttings taken this time of year? Boy, it's early. If you had a greenhouse, yes. If you don't have a greenhouse and are trying to do it outdoors or in a bedroom window or something like that, yeah, I wouldn't bet on it. I wouldn't bet okay. on it this early. Okay. All right. Well, I will just um, visit them and pray for them, and hopefully they'll survive. And surely there's a nursery near you that was the Daphne on sale. We'll be glad for you to see them someday soon. Okay. If, if well, thank you, very, thank you very much. Thanks for calling, Lynn. Uh, bye. Jane's on the line out in Kennesaw. Hey, Jane. Good morning. Hey, Walter. Hi. Um, I have a river birch that's pretty mature that lost some big branches during the snowstorm. Yeah. And... Uh, went out there the other day and it's dripping water oh, yeah, sure. like not a whole puddle but i mean a big spot on the sidewalk sure. non-stop now for at least two days is it dying is it i know it's pretty old it's leaning because that's yeah. the way it had to grow now I've just never seen that. Do you think it can mend itself and be okay i'm absolutely 100 percent positive it will mend itself because okay. I've seen so many trees. Maples do it. River birch is famous for dripping once you prune If you prune it, after around the middle of February, the maples and the river birches all will tend to drip if you have any kind of warm weather within a week or two afterwards. And yours just having the branches broken off and damage done up in the tree. Mm-hmm. That was damage that the tree hadn't quite gotten around to 
to stopping the water, the sap coming out the ends of the branch. It will eventually stop in just four or five days. I would be sure it would be stopping then. Okay. But it's worrisome. When you see all that sap drip, drip, dripping, a lot of it on the sidewalk there. You see a lot of water coming out, and maybe it's bleeding to death or something like that, but it's, it's not. It will eventually sense the presence of oxygen around the cells that are allowing the water to come through right now. And the oxygen will trigger the cells to swell up and to close the pores, and the water dripping will stop, and then we'll have nothing more to worry about. Jane, excuse me, Jane. Jane will Thank have nothing so. more to worry about, or Lynn either, probably. Too. <laughs> okay. But it'll quit. It'll be done, and there won't be any harm done to the tree. All right. Thank you so much. Great. Re- little voice one. of reassurance there. Nothing, nothing's going to happen to that tree that's bleeding. Muscadines do it, too. If you have not pruned your muscadines yet, your grapevines, they will bleed like crazy. Drip, 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 drip. No harm to them either. At 8.15, we've got Art in Swanee, Georgia. Hey, Art. Good morning. Hey, good morning. How are you? I'm all right, Art. What's going on? All right. Just real quick. Uh, two years ago in May, we put down an emerald zoysia lawn. Mm-hmm. And it's been doing great. Um, of course, this time of year, it's still dormant, and the weeds with the warm weather are uh, are up. Yeah. And wanted to see the best way to to handle them. I've got a little dandelion and a little bit of looks like uh, chickweed. Um, yeah. Don't want to necessarily put a pre-emergent down if it'll harm the grass. No, it will not. So, but the pre-emergent won't do anything about the weeds that are there because the pre-emergent has to be put down before the seeds germinate, yep. and obviously they already have germinated in the zoysia. Exactly. Um, I think I told a caller earlier, and I want to give you the same advice to you. He had Bermuda and you have Zoysia, but I think the label on Image for Nutgrass says controls broadleaf and grassy weeds in dormant Zoysia lawns, which is what you have. It's just gradually transitioning to green right now. Mm-hmm. So my thinking is that the if the label on the Image for Nutgrass allows you to use it for the chickweed and whatever things you have there, I think that's your best choice. Okay. All right, that was a lot easier than I thought. I, yeah. I don't have any 10-year-old boys that can come out and pull this thing, so. <laughs> My dad did. He, in fact, I think my dad just sort of hit the jackpot. He had three boys born right in a row, one, two, three. And we were all pretty much hired, or in some cases non-hired, forced labor on the farm. And we there did the hoeing, go. the chicken, chicken carrying, and cow milking, and everything else that needed to be done. That was what the Reeves boys did. We worked on the farm. There you go. Well, thank yeah. you very much. Thanks for calling, man. We'll see you soon. All right. It's 817 at News Talk WSB. We'll be back after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves for the lawn and garden advice you need. When I think back on all the crap I learned in high school. It's a wonder I can think at all. Here's a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. Today is going to be a beautiful day outside. T-shirt weather, weather, maybe shorts weather as well. Highs in the high 70s today. Overnight lows around 61, 62 degrees. Tomorrow rain comes in for most of us. Maybe a little bit more rain on Monday. High tomorrow in the 70s, but still a very, very pleasant weekend for most of us around Atlanta. The full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Jerry in Snellville joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Jerry. Good morning. Good morning. How can I help? I have a uh, neighbor that has ivy in his yard, and it's come over on mine, and mm. I've had some guys clean it out, and I was wondering if there's anything I can keep sprayed on it to keep it from coming back on yeah. my property. 
I have pretty much the same exact situation. My neighbor behind me um, has English ivy just covers the ground. It's two feet high in some places, a big, thick area of English ivy. It's right next to my azaleas on my side of the property, on my side of the fence, and so I don't want the ivy running through my azaleas. So he gave me permission to spray Roundup on his side of the fence, and I just have a sort of a no-man's-land strip on his side of the fence that the ivy does not come into, and I spray Roundup about once every three months, maybe something like that. It's not very often, but that's enough to keep the ivy from encroaching on that no-man's-land. So I use Roundup. I'm sure you could use Brush Be Gone as well to keep it burned back or killed back to where you want it to be. Wonderful. I appreciate it. Keep, keep in mind, too, if it's a real thick area of ivy, the first application of any herbicide is going to kill the upper part of the vine, the upper leaves and everything. And after that, you spray it again about three months later, like I said, and that'll get the lower level of leaves covered with herbicide, too. So it takes usually two for that first sort of get it under control spray. And then after that, once every two or three months, you're fine. You'll take care of it just fine. Don't forget, if you go to my website, you can subscribe to our Bi-weekly, I think bi-weekly is the right word because it comes out every other Thursday, email newsletter. This past email newsletter had all sorts of things in it. One of them was how to time and choose pre-emergent weed preventatives, which everybody's been asking about this morning. Another question and answer we had there is how to deal with arborvitaes that are split. They're split apart at the top because of the snow. How can you repair them? Another one, if you cut the low limbs on a maple tree, will it make the top of the tree get any taller? And I got one of my friends from Davy Tree to come and give me some comments on whether that would, in fact, make the tree grow taller if you cut the lower limbs on it. And then another one about this beautiful Japanese maple that got smashed. I mean, just smashed in the ice storm. And my friend Norm Mitleider, who's a great Japanese maple expert here in Atlanta, gave me some advice, and I wrote that in the newsletter as well. The email newsletter is completely free. All you have to do is go to WalterReeves.com. Upper right-hand corner, it says subscribe to the newsletter. That takes you to the WSB webpage where they do the actual production of the newsletter. I provide the text, and they do the formatting and the mailing out or the emailing out of the newsletter every other week. And so that's easy to do. It's free completely, and all we want to know is what your zip code is and your email so we can mail it to the right person. That's the Georgia Gardner email newsletter coming out every other Thursday. I think you might really enjoy it. You get a lot of tips and pictures and things that are going on in your garden that will help you be more successful in your landscape. Also, while you're at the website, might as well follow me on Facebook, follow me on Twitter, follow me on Pinterest, because I post things there that might be of use during the week as well. It's 827 and a half at News Talk WSB. Looking forward to talking to Mickey Gasway from Pike Nursery in just a minute to find out what the Pike Pick of the Weekend is going to be. It'll be on sale as well as your questions and answers at 404-872-0750. We'll be back after news. It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 8.36 on a Saturday morning, 64 degrees outside now, a degree higher than it was when we started this morning. This is Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter Reeves, the Georgia Gardener, here to help you be more successful in your landscape. And one of the ways you be more successful is to hang around with people who are pretty smart and know what they're doing with plants. And my friend, Mickey Gasway from Pike Nursery, is that person. She is the person I hang out with every Saturday morning at 835 to talk about what we can put on sale and make you more successful by having good plants in the landscape. So welcome, Mickey. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you, ma'am. And 
Looking forward to today. Isn't it going to be? It's going to be, be gorgeous. Pretty. Yesterday it's I worked fabulous. in the yard all day. Yeah. What did you plant? What did you weed? What did you do? I weeded in and I filled in some holes where some groundhogs were. Oh. Yeah, I love that. And we cut back some um, grasses. And what else did we do? Oh, we cut down some clairs. Yeah. We worked hard. I say we standed most of the hard work. I was going to say you supervised. That's very hard. Stan's not the best worker sometimes, but you supervise your husband, and he, I'm sure, did a good job with your input to that. He did. He did. So let's talk about first, what is our Pike Pick of the Weekend? What is on 20% off sale this weekend? It's Primrose. Which we've had several times before, which every time I do it, I think, and mine is still alive, (laughs) and it's still blooming. Four do you years know now, which Mickey? one is your? You, do you know which one you have? It's a sort of pinky red. Is all I know. Is, it a, is it a double or is it a single? Single. Because one of the um, we we had our our fair yesterday, our Learn to Grow fair last week, where uh-huh. we meet all the vendors and everything at Bikes, and we get to know our product and everything better. And uh, she she was telling me that one of them that was a double was more. Um, um, more perennial could uh-huh. stand the heat better here. So I, I just wondered if that was the one you had. Well, the one that I have, of course, I bought it four years ago when you persuaded mm-hmm. me that this it was on sale. I might as well go ahead and buy it, which I did. And the pot that it's in is on the front steps of my porch, which gets partial partial sun during the day. So it's not mm-hmm. um, a real sunny place. But I know that the pot itself, over the years, has gotten water into the clay and it's frozen, and so the pot itself is falling apart right now. But I don't want to move that primrose because no. it's still alive, and I want to see the flowers. The pot itself, though, is ugly, ugly, ugly. Well, well. that's not what you're... It's not for the pot anyway. It's for the primrose. Well, it's for the primrose. That's right. Now, these primroses, let's talk to people about how to grow a primrose, how to have the most success, and how to make it the, have the best chance to be perennial. Well, I think they they need to be like you said in partial sun to you know part sun part shade. Morning sun is usually good. Filtered sun is good for them. Need to be in good, well drained soil. Which yours is probably well drained. Yeah, potting soil. The pot's falling yep. apart, right? Yep. Um, let's see what else. Oh, I give mine a shot of some kind of liquid fertilizer um, from time to time, and it kind of makes it bloom a little bit more, Maybe. perks it up a little more. I think Ooh, I, put, I don't know. You know, something like Miracle Grow or something yeah, like that. I think I put that. EB Stone. I had some EB Stone. I was fertilizing the Daphne next to, to it. To begin with. So I a little bit, a little tablespoon or so of, of EB Stone in there, and that seemed to do fine mm-hmm. for it. Kept it nice and green. And that's about oh, it. Oh, and I know. And, and don't water the blooms if you can help it. Mm-hmm. Is yours under cover? Do you have to water it, or does the rain water it? It gets a little bit of rain, but it's right on the edge of the porch line where the water sometimes mm-hmm. rain drips on it some, but I water it more often than not. Oh, usually, if you can kind of water underneath instead of watering too terribly much on the blooms, I think that, that makes it last longer as well. I think you're probably right about that. And I you know, have a little... Uh, watering can there that goes around the edge of the plants that I'm watering sure. ferns and euphorbia and things that I'm watering underneath the porch. So there, primroses on sale, twenty percent right. off. Every Pike Nursery has them for you today, and they have lots and lots of colors, don't they, Mickey? Oh yeah, yeah, every color imaginable. Because you got pinks, my, like my pinky red one. They got yellow ones. Um, I is, is there a white Purple. one, Mickey? I don't know if I've seen a white one or not. 
Oh, yeah. In fact, the only one I've ever had to come back was a white one. Wow. And it was under an old stone bench, and it was a white one, and mine came back for two or three years. Notice that in this conversation, <clears throat> listeners right now, Mickey and I are talking about our own experiences with the plant. Uh-huh. You may find a plant completely different from ours, a blue one or a pink one or something that yeah. you get that comes back for you. That is the joy of gardening many times is what works in your own garden. And that's why Mickey and I compare notes every Saturday to see what is doing well in our garden. Yours may do well. That's right. Hopefully it will. And this- if it works for you, that's what you need to do. You, you keep and like my mine in my pot. I don't move it because it's working for me. <laughs> Right now, it's working great. Exactly right. You just find the plant that works for you and the location that works the best in and stick with that. That's right. So any classes going on, Mickey? It seems like there were some classes coming up. Um, let me see. No, not this week. Not this week. I don't okay, have good. any this week. And there may be, there's an e- we're putting together an Easter container, but I think that's next week. Check. You know where to check. And it'll tell, but I didn't look this morning, so yeah. I, I think it's week after next. And have you yet been to the Milton store? Are we going to go together? Are they going to have the remote broadcast from the Milton store? Well, I don't do you know? know. I don't think our first remote is at the Milton no. store. From what? I don't. They'll let me know the day before. All right. We'll find out whether our first we'll remote at the Milton we'll store. We'll let everybody know. I can't wait spring. to see it. Me too, because so new excited. Pike store, that's going to be spectacular. Just going to be it's great. It's going to be, be beautiful. I'm sure. You bet. Well, Mickey, let's close it up for us this morning because all the Pike Nursery locations in Atlanta are going to have the primroses on sale, 20% off. Just go to the cashier and say, this is the Pike pick of the weekend. Mickey said so. And get 20% off on these great-looking, colorful, colorful, colorful primroses. Great plant. Hopefully you can get one that will come back two or three or four years. And maybe you get lucky and be like me, four or five years. We'll see. Get this great if you have it in an old pod, it'll probably do better. Yeah, right. <laughs> so where do we go to find where these pipe <laughs> locations are? Of course. Mickey, it's great talking to you. You too. Bye-bye. See you next Saturday. PikeNursery.com. It's 842. That gives Dodie her turn. It is in coming, Georgia. Dodie, hey, good morning. Hey, Walter. Good morning. How can I help? We have moles. Yes. We had them a couple years ago, and I read on a website to put castor oil out. That's a mess. Mm. Did That's you read that on my website, or did I say try it and see if it works and let me know? <laughs> well, you know what? I even shoved the castor oil bottles upside down in the hole, so mm-hmm. I, and they kind of got impelled in there. Yeah, yeah. So I have to be careful with the lawnmower. <laughs> but we were also getting toward fall when we treated, yeah. but now they're back, and we have tunnels everywhere. Sure. And we also have pets in the backyard, so I want to be careful about that. And it fescue and weed lawn. But what can we do? And I think it's moles because we see the tunnel and then I see. Got to be moles. They're active. They're hungry. They're tunneling, trying to find the insects and earthworms and things that they eat. Sure. Mole time is right now. I taught a class yesterday, Dodie, to the uh, teachers in DeKalb County who are going to do school gardens. And my class topic was how to control nuisance critters in your garden. And I pointed out there's several things that I've been told over the years that work to control moles, one of which is castor oil. Doesn't work, usually. Uh, one of which is those vibrating windmill things. They don't work at all. Putting juicy fruit, chewing gum down in the, in the tunnels, that doesn't work at all. Poisoned <laughs> peanuts doesn't work because moles don't eat peanuts in the first place. And even when something is effective, when it hits the mole, like a mole trap, I told them it's so hard to figure out where the mole is going to be in the next 24 to 48 hours so you can put the trap in front of them so they run into it. It's, you could spend a week just trying to figure out the place for the trap, and by that time they've made another mile of tunnels in your yard. And so what I told the teachers yesterday 
the simplest and easiest thing to do is simply go out, either do it yourself or hire a kid to do it. Just mash down the tunnels with your shoe. Go and walk along them, bump, 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 walk them down and mash the grass back into place. And the moles hopefully will say, we're not wanted here. Our tunnels keep collapsing on top of us. Let's go to somebody else's yard and go devil with them a little bit. And as long as they're not in your landscape, you know, maybe they'll get dug up by a cat or a dog or some disease will strike and the mold will be eliminated that way. But I don't think there's any trap or poison or anything else that's more effective than just walking them down. It's so cheap, too, unless you're paying a kid to do it for you. Just walk down the tunnels and be done with it. Well, that's easy enough. Easy enough. So, Find so somebody with big feet so it doesn't of. take them any strides to do it and... Uh, Get it done. That's all you have to do is walk it down. Don't try to take the, the poison worms or the poison peanuts and things like that. They just don't seem to work at all. All right. And an insect bug in the dirt killer, not a good idea? Not a good idea. That's great. Thank you for asking. No, I do not think it's a good idea to try to use grub control products or you know soil poisons and things like that because there's so many good insects in your lawn. There's ground beetles, there's spiders, there's um, earthworms, all sorts of things that are beneficial for the environment as a whole, ground bees that live in the ground. And they're so good that I would not ever want to think that I'm just nuking it and just wiping everything out just because I have mold tunnels in the yard when it's easy enough just to mash them down and be done with it. They'll do that and have the beneficial insects as well. That's what I say. Well, I think that's a great idea and healthier for everybody. Me too. All right, Walter, thanks so much. Great talking to you, Dodie. Thanks for calling. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bob's in Madison, Georgia, and Bob joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Bob. Morning. Yes, good morning, Walter. What's up, Bob? I've got a problem with, uh, I bought about 18 Japanese Boxwoods this past September or so. Yeah. They were doing really well till the wintertime came along. And I've got, I think, three or four that's got some brown leaves coming on them. Yeah. Is it a disease or should I trim it away or just wait and see what happens? And so you planted them when, did you say, Bob? Last September, October, okay. I guess. I got them on sale. Yeah. You know, the the good thing is that they've been in the ground for such a short time. There's always a possibility of brown leaves just as they get used to the new site. Maybe it got dry for two or three weeks, then it got a little dry on one side or the other, and so the leaves turn brown there. So I don't think it's time yet to draw any conclusions from the brown leaves other than there's a great possibility. It's just them getting used to being in your landscape and nothing permanent is going to happen to them. So I think, yeah, let's wait and see. Wait another two or three weeks anyway before you see if it's spreading, if all the leaves on it are turning brown. But hopefully you'll water them correctly. The rain that's coming tomorrow is going to take care of that. So I'm hopeful that within a couple of weeks all the leaves will turn green and grow over that brown leafed area and you'll have pretty looking boxwoods the rest of the summer. That sounds good to me. When can I trim the tops to keep them from getting kind of sort of leggy? You know, I do it, gosh, I might do it three times during the year. I do it once in the spring when they've got the first four inches of growth on the one by the pond. Uh, maybe sometime again in July, another time in September, October, probably. So just keep your eye on it. There's no real set time to do it. Just whenever you feel like it's getting a little out of hand, print it then. All right. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Drive safely. Drive safely, Bob. We'll see you soon. Right. Bye. 
Bye-bye. It's 848 at News Talk WSB. We'll be back right after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves and the lawn and garden advice you need. And a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security today. Flirting with a record high temperature around 78 degrees today. It's going to be a very pleasant day to be outside. Do any gardening you care to do. Tomorrow the rain might come in, so if you put a pre-emergent out today to prevent the chickweed, or the crabgrass, I should say, for the summertime, it would get rained in by the rain tomorrow. A little bit of a chance of rain even on Monday as well. High tomorrow in the 70s and low overnight in the 60s. The full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Harper is out in LJ and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Harper, good morning. Good morning, Walter. How can I help, Harper? Uh, well, we moved into a house, and um, we had some roses that weren't blooming. Oh, man. How, how do I fix it? Let's see. So that rose has been there for a while. You don't know how long they've been there, right? Uh, about a year, maybe. How much have we fertilized in the last six or eight months? Do you know, Harper? Mm-mm. I think fertilizer is the first thing we look at. And one other thing, too, is pruning. Have you ever pruned them, Harper? Do you know how to prune a rose? Have I talked about that to you? Mm-mm. Good. Now's the time. Today's the afternoon to do it. Get some gloves, get a pruner out there, and let's make those roses look pretty. The thing you do on roses, and I would bet you, bet dollars to donuts, you have knockout roses. And the way to prune them is to cut down to a place where the bud, the little pink swollen thing sticks out to the outside points to the outside of the rose you make a cut about a quarter inch above every bud that points to the outside and many times you want the rose to be about a foot and a half about knee high when you finish pruning and then it'll grow for about 16 inches and it have flowers all over the top of it and one of the things you can do after you prune today is to put some fertilizer down. And any garden center is going to sell rose fertilizers. Not, nothing special. You could even use miracle Grow or 10-10-10 if you wanted to. But a rose fertilizer put down today right after you prune, I will just about guarantee that when May 1st comes, Harper, you'll call me and say, our roses are great. Look at the roses. They're so pretty out here. Pruning, fertilizing, I think you'll be good to go. you have some great-looking roses. Thanks for calling, Harper. It's 857 at News Talk WSB. Thanks so much to Rachel Perry for screening our calls this morning, doing a great job doing that. And to Jason Byers, who has a new puppy at his house, which is graining about 10 pounds a day. Driving Jason to the poorhouse. Jason gets all of our music for the show, as well as keeping us on the air. Those of you who are listening to WSB on the stream this weekend, yes, we know we've had problems all weekend getting the stream to work. We think we have it fixed now. Hopefully we will. No need to call. We're well aware that the stream is not working very well. If you did not get your question answered today, go to WalterReeves.com, learn the details about the Croatia trip that we're doing this fall, and we'll see you again next Saturday morning.